This morning we have the grandson of Pauline Wilson, Kurt Cullison, who is the statewide Youth Alive director. He has Crazy, trained right? more than 3,000 young men and women to be missionaries into our high schools and junior highs. Let's give it up for Kurt Cullison this morning, our state youth director. Amen. Bless you, Pastor. Thank you. Good morning, church. What a great day it is, isn't it? Amen. What, what incredible, uh, just things happening, going on. I just, before we even begin, just want to make mention, what a great Sunday that on this back-to-school Sunday, you get an announcement that there's another youth pastor that is joining your team. Because we believe, and, and I believe, I, as Pastor just mentioned, we have been... Uh, we train students. We work with students all throughout the state. Over 3,000 are now commissioned as missionaries to go into their campuses and, and to uh, serve uh, the Lord as, as campus missionaries. We go into schools and we do school assembly programs and we're able to go in and, and share with them and give them a positive message and we're able to literally uh, invite them to come back to an evening event where we're able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and schools are asking us to come. They're asking us to be a part and I believe that God is raising up a generation of champion students. We have now seen over 26,000 students ask Jesus Christ into their heart as their personal Savior out of these uh, outreach events in the schools. And, and uh, I'm just, I'm telling you, I know you know it. We see the signs of the time. And whenever there is great attack upon spirituality in the church, how many of you know that it's in those moments that our God raises up a standard? He raises up a generation and he raises up a church that will stand the test of time. This upon this rock, right? We stand upon this rock and our church stands upon this rock and he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen? I am so excited to be here. I really don't, I don't believe it was by happenstance. It's just uh, the way it fell uh, into place. I believe that God has something special for each and every one of us here today. Not just the students who we are going to celebrate in Back to School Sunday uh, have a message that I believe will inspire each and every one of us. I have a question. How many of you came to church expecting something great from God? I'm telling you, it cannot happen unless we come expecting. We walk through these doors and we say, oh God, here we are. We're not just here to fulfill our duty. We're not just here to look nice, though you all look amazing. Absolutely. Uh, what, a, what a great, great, great congregation uh, serving the Lord. But we are here to hear from God. I don't know about you, but I am desperate every single day to know him more. And to be, be uh, empowered by him, there's, there's no way that we could do what we do without the power and the anointing of, of God. We are missionaries. Uh, we are your missionaries. We'll just, I just want to say thank you so much for your support of all missions, especially what is about to take place this next Wednesday. The big give. I want to encourage that. I, hearing that, watching that video, I am inspired. Did you know that 90% of the towns and townships, cities in America. Now, now there's a 10% segment that this is not true, typically more in your metro settings, but in your, in 90% of the towns, townships, cities in America, the social hub of that town is the local high school. 
It is the social hub of the community. It's the PTA. It's where all the parents gather. It's where all the functions happen. Usually, it's the nicest building in the town. It's the biggest building in the town. And it is where everything happens. If a church wants to have an impact in a community, it starts in the local schools. It is where we meet people. It is where we see and meet the needs. So I just want to say, I'm just sitting there as a bystander saying, that's awesome. One of the stats that I saw in there, we talked to administrators over and over again, and they're, 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 they're floored by the socioeconomical uh, trends that are happening. 83, I don't know if you saw it, 83% increase in the number of students needing assistance just to get their meals at lunchtime. They need governmental assistance, 83% increase over just the last few years because there is such a need. And you know what? The Bible tells us when we meet a need, come on, how many of you know God's blessing flows when we meet a need? And so I just want to say, way to go, church, way to go, reaching the community and the schools, the big give this Wednesday coming up, and, and uh, I'm just really excited about that. Uh, just had to say that before we get started. Would you uh, take, actually, you can take your Bibles, and as you do that, would you bow your heads with me? I would love to just pray as we dive into the Word uh, here this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this team that you have brought here, that you have developed, and it's, uh, it, is, it is by your design and your hand. And Lord, this Sunday, we celebrate these students, and we ask you, oh God, to do something amazing on this back-to-school Sunday for each and every one of these uh, who are, whether they're in junior high or high school or they're in college, maybe they're in a higher education program, Lord, we ask that you would anoint them, that you would send them with your power, your grace, and your mercy, and your anointing to be, Lord, the, the catalyst to, to be the light, Lord, in those settings, down those hallways, walking amongst people who are hurting and desperate to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Lord, we just ask that you would anoint this word this morning. Open up our hearts to hear, not just the words that I speak, but Lord, to hear what your spirit would just say to each and every one of us, young and old. In Jesus' name, and everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, I think it'd be great to start our Back to School Sunday with a very quick history lesson. How about we all go to school real quick? Can we do that? You're looking at me like, oh no. There will not be a test, okay? So you're, you're, all, you're good right here. Let, how many of you recognize this name? You'll see this name. You'll know this. How many of you know Christopher Columbus? Uh, maybe you can finish this sentence for me. Uh, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in... Wow, you are sharp. I love it. That is awesome. Absolutely. In 1492, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And, and as he did that, I'm, I'm not going to dive into the specifics of Christopher Columbus, who he was, and all of those things. Just a brief synopsis of, of really an outside view and of really an overview of what Christopher Columbus was trying to accomplish. Christopher Columbus was in Spain, and he was in the Euro area there, and, and, and all of the European nations of Spain, he was a Spaniard, they were doing their thing, and they're trading goods with the Far East. 
And they had trade routes in order to get from one place to the other, and it took a long time to get there. And so Christopher Columbus came up with this genius idea. If we are here and we want to get there, I think it would be really awesome if we went that way. You follow what I'm saying? We live here. We want to go there. How about we try going this way instead of that way? And he got in ships and he went and he began to sail in order to find new trade routes to India. Now, it kind of doesn't make sense. If I want to go that way, why would I go that way? And especially at the time, there were a lot of notions and things about the world and the earth, and it was flat. And, you know, you can go back into history, and there was that notion of, of the world was flat. And if you, you went too far, you would, you know, because the map that was created at the time was not, was not informed enough to know exactly what was out there. And this morning, the title of my message is this, and I would like to challenge each and every one of us to go beyond the map. To go beyond the map. What do I mean by that? We're going to dive into that very quickly here, but what, what I mean by that is this. Each and every one of us have a life. Each and every one of us have experiences that make up the journey that each and every one of us has as we, as we live our lives. And what that does many times is it creates a map of what we can see and what we know to be true. And, and typically, most people don't venture past the map of what they can see. Christopher Columbus was a great adventurer and he petitioned for these, these ships and they went and they began a voyage and many thought we'll never see him again. He left family and friends and he, and he went on a voyage in order to go there. He decided we should go this way and explore and see what's there because they had no idea what was out there. I believe, church, that God wants to do something this morning. He wants to lift our eyes off of our own situations, off, off of our own circumstances in life, off of the things that have been said about us. Did you know that one of the greatest things that creates borders on our maps are the words that are spoken over us by other people? Whether they told us that we cannot do something or they tell us you'll always be like this. You'll always do that. You'll never do this. And if we think back, we've probably had people in our lives who at times have told us things that we will never do. Now, it's kind of a funny. In America, we, we are the kind of people that if somebody tells you you cannot do something, how many of you know that's the very thing we set out to do? <laughs> you tell me I can't do something? Oh, yeah, I'll show you. I'm a good, I'm a good, oh, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And sometimes, in that very essence, we take control of our own map, our own plan, our own lives, because we are going to make it happen. Today, I want to challenge every single person in this room, upon listening to just the words of the Lord, they're not mine, just the stories of, of the Bible and what God did, that every student here, every graduate, God wants you to go beyond the map, graduate, excuse me, you're going to be a graduate, every student heading to school, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, aren't we? Every student who is about to head off to school, I am praying that God wants to literally catapult you beyond the map to accomplish 
incredible things in your friends' lives, to be a champion, to be victorious, to live for the King of Kings, to do great and mighty things for every mom and dad, whatever the map has been created for every grandma and grandpa. Maybe God is calling you to help others because, you know, it's kind of funny when we look at a map, we, uh, in fact, how many of you in this room, if you, you'd be honest, you'd say, oh, that is definitely me. How many of you would say, if I knew then what I know now, I would have made a few changes? Come on, how many of you have done? Yeah. Because we have gone down the road of life, we have created a map, we've expanded the borders, and we see beyond what we saw when we were 16, when we were 18, when we were 25, when we were 30. Some of us wish we knew at 30 what we knew now. And the choices that we make, students in the room, I want to implore you to surround yourselves with people who have gone down the road of life. Open up your ears. Don't shut them out. Listen, because there is great wisdom in this room. And as a body, when we function together as a body, we have a generations upon generation upon generation. And how many of you know that faith is handed down generation to generation? Amen? Faith is handed down generation to generation. But thank God that it's not only handed down generation to generation, that God can come and show up in the moment of our lives, in the midst of trials, tribulations, and maybe a home that does not know the Lord, and in a moment, he can step down. He can literally reach out and snatch us from the fire. How many of you are glad that Jesus Christ reached down and snatched you out of whatever circumstances and things were going on in your life? I understand that. And it all has to do with the map of our lives. And I'd love to take you, we're going to go back, as I mentioned, about Christopher Columbus. Let's take a look at just a couple maps. And you'll see how life really begins to become clarified, even in the progression of a map, a real map. Let's take a look at this first map. This is a very rudimentary map. It's very rough. The edges you see of Africa there are rough. This is an early design of, of, of that nation, and you see the shoreline is kind of etched out. It's not sharp. It's, it's just there. They're, they're kind of moving down, and they're creating maps. Let's go to the next one. You'll see, uh, this is the notion, you'll see these kind of maps, kind of funny. You'll see the, the trade route, or actually the route of Christopher Columbus, as he left Spain and he discovered the new world. What he thought he was going to be heading was to discover a new trade route. He discovered a whole new world. And, and you'll see that other uh, picture there is kind of one of the thoughts of that day is that the world was flat. And, and if you go too far, you just fall off the end of the world. This is, this is all we have. We know that now not to be true as maps are discovered and developed and, and those things become refined. Let's take a look at the next one. You're going to see it's going to become a little more clear now, a little more spread out. It's not exact, but it's rudimentary there. And we kind of see some other land masses as, as time moves on. Go ahead and let's see that next one. And now you see, oh, the world, it's round, and you see the circles, and you see the, the globe, and, and you see those different land masses. Go ahead. I think we've got a couple others. Let's just go to the next one. There is a, a more specific. You'll see all the shipping lanes now that are mapped out and charted, and everything is lined out, and everybody knows what's there. You can kind of see some red, even on the land masses. Those are all the, the road networks that are there. What, a, what an amazing, amazing day we live in, that, that the whole world is mapped mapped out for us. It is 
phenomenal to me that I can pick up my phone, punch in Google Earth, and zoom from space into a location, and not only just see the location, but it brings me right down to a a road-level view of where I want to go. Come on, is anybody else amazed by that? Oh, my goodness. On this little device... It leads me and it guides me and sometimes it gets it wrong. Everybody get it wrong? <laughs> Have you ever shown up in a place and you're like, oh, it took me to the wrong place. I, you know, I, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. And, and all of the wives are in the room saying, you should have listened to me. I knew where I was going. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. They've created this wonderful thing called the GPS and, 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 you know, because guys, they did it for us because we will not for anything stop and ask any help for directions. Right? I will find it. I know it's around here somewhere. Let's just stop and ask. No, we don't need to. We are, we're pioneers. We're adventurers. We're going to, we'll find it. We'll make it. And then it doesn't have, let's look at this last map. This is a little more refined, uh, more of a, a night view, and you see all the shipping lanes. The, Christopher Columbus, on this map, Christopher Columbus did not have a map like this. He did not have a phone. He did not have a GPS. He didn't have, if you're a fisherman, a Lorentz system where, where it leads you and guides you. You could talk and you see and the, all the things, that, the, the, the things that we have are just incredible to be able to see where we're going. That, that have defined the map of this world. Christopher Columbus, when he left, he did not see anything. He did not know where he was going, but he did something amazing. He launched out and he went on a journey much like a man named Abraham did. Let's take a look. If you would flip through uh, the screen there, going beyond the map. Let's go to the, ne- the, the first verse there. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. This is a beginning of another faith journey. This is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. It says this, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Let me read that again, and I'm going to invite you to say a couple words with me. It says here, By faith Abraham. Everyone say, By faith. Come on, say, By faith. Look at your neighbor and say, by faith. By faith, faith, Abraham went when he was called to go to a place that he would later receive as his inheritance. He obeyed. Everybody say, obeyed. Obeyed. He obeyed and went. By faith, Abraham, when called to go, by faith, he went and he obeyed and he went even though he did not know where he was going. Come on, let's be honest. We don't do much today without having a plan. We are planned out. We have a plan. We know where we're going. We, we want that. We don't even go to lunch unless we know where we're going. Hey, you want to go to lunch with me? Depends. Where are we going? And then I'll decide whether I want to go with you or not. I, you know, we want to. Nobody gets on an airplane, sits down next to the person and says, hey, by the way, where, where's this plane going? No, we have a plan. We have a destination. We mark it out. We know what time we've got to be there, what time it's supposed to arrive. And if it doesn't arrive on time, who are we frustrated? We are people with a plan. 
We are people with a designed map and a strategy and, and we have it all mapped out for us. Abraham went, even though he did not know where he was going to receive an inheritance, he obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. Today in this room, filled with people who have lives that are filled with experiences that have created the map of your life. And today I believe that God is calling us to look beyond what we can see with our natural eyes to see the God of heaven who's created us, created our lives, and the journey that we are supposed to take, and he has a plan and a purpose. Could we dare to look beyond our map? Students in the room, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And, and though your, your limited sight, and, and I, I know that, that what I'm about to tell you will probably, you, you're going to look at me and go, you, you have no idea what you're talking about, because I remember at that age, come on, we know everything, right? We got it down. We know what's up, what's down, what's left, what's right, and what all these people, I'm telling you, come on, you were all there once. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We know what's up. And it's a miracle. The older we get, the less we know. Yes. <laughs> right? The, the older we get, the less we know. And the older we get, the more we wish we would have known or listened to back when we knew even less than we know now. And now we know nothing. And then we thought we knew everything. And all of a sudden, we get this whole thing mixed up. And there's a God in the midst of this who says, if you will trust me, if you will follow me, I will lead you. I will lead your family. I will lead you on your journeys, walk in the hallways, in the byways, highways, whether you go to work, in your career, in your home. We have a God who by faith, if we will put our hand in his and follow him, he will lead us and he will guide us. Come on, church, how many of you want that kind of a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Absolutely. Lord, lead us. Lord, guide us. There was an awesome movie. Uh, it is, uh, in fact, it's, it's actually up now, and they're going to be releasing a sequel to an incredible animated film. How many of you have ever seen the phenomenal movie called Finding Nemo? Yeah, Finding Nemo. Did you know that they're coming out now? Oh, we even got a clap on that one. All right. They're coming out with a sequel called Finding Dory. Yes, some people are excited. All right. Oh, hi, Dory. How you doing? I'm like, something's going on over here. That's awesome. We found Dory. We don't need the movie. We're all set. That's great. There is a moment in the movie, Finding Nemo, that is very, very powerful. There is a moment in that movie when, when Marlon and Dory are searching for Nemo and they find themselves in the mouth of a whale. You remember. And they're hanging on for dear life and the great big question is, can Dory really speak whale? She is somehow attempting to communicate with the whale, and they're talking this crazy whale language, and we have no idea what they're saying. And she turns to Marlon and says, okay, now. And they're hanging on for their very lives, onto the tongue, onto in the mouth, holding on, 
before, and, and literally, if they let go, they're hanging. If they let go, they are going to drop into the belly of the whale. Certain death. It's over. Life in the sea, in the beautiful sea, is over in that moment. And in that moment, Dory speaks to the whale. She talks to Mar Merlin, and she says, it's time. Let go. He says, absolutely not. If we let go, we're going to die. She says, no, he's telling us to let go. <laughs> well, of course he is. He's hungry. <laughs> he wants to eat. He convinces, she convinces him to let go. As they let go, they are falling, falling, falling into the belly of the whale. And at that very moment is when the whale begins to spout. Catches them in the wave, shoots them out of the spout into the water, and they are free to move on. They are free to go on searching for Nemo. Now, it's kind of a, a, a funny moment in that movie, but so many times in life, we find things to hang on to, to hold on to, to grab a hold of. It, uh, whether it's a, a security thing, maybe it's a, you know, there's so many things that it could be in our lives, and won't list those, but there are things in our lives that we hold on to. And we may hold them dear, and they may not even be bad things, but they hold on, we hold on to them, and we clutch them, and we hold on to those things. And, and many times, and true to form, many times what happens is the very things that we hold dear, the very things that we hold on to tightly, eventually we're not the ones holding it, but it is the one holding us. And I believe that God is calling us as people of God to let go of everything of this world, everything that calls itself a great against the everything that could be, that we hold on to. It, it can be good things. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying to let go of, of good. I, I, you have to catch the heart of this. But there are things that we hold on to that keep us bound in the confines of a map and in a world that we need to let go of in order to let God Help us draw our eyes off of the things that we hold dear to the things that he holds dear and that he will lead us and guide us and that we will. Sometimes fear holds us. It grips us. It keeps us from accomplishing the things that we want. We, it keeps us from, from accomplishing and doing things. Fear, they say, does a couple of things. Fight or flight, it causes us to either rise to the occasion or it causes us to shrink back into fear. There is a moment when you are afraid, if you've ever been afraid, come on, how many of you have ever been afraid? Let me see your hands. How many of you have ever been afraid of the dark? How many of you are still afraid of the dark? Okay, good. We have honest people here. You understand? You and I both know there's only one reason why we're afraid of the dark. Universal principle, I'll share it with you real quick. Universal principle about a dark room. If I walk into a dark room and there is no light, universal principle says there is someone in that room who is going to kill me. Right? Absolutely. And there's something amazing when you turn on the light, poof, they disappear. It's awesome. But where there's no light and there's darkness and we cannot see, there is either a fear that grips us or there is something that causes us to search for the light so that we can see where we're going. Too many times in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we are bound by fear of not knowing or the darkness of this world or the things that are there. And God is calling us to search for the light, to turn on the light that we will never be afraid again. 
that we will not live our lives in fear. Students, God, you to bring the light of hope to your schools and your situation and your friends. Moms and dads, when you go to work, you don't go in fear. We don't worry about our job. We praise God for our job. And we work hard and we just trust that and know that he is the king of kings. He has put us there to bring the light of hope to wherever we go. Amen? Amen. And so that is what we are called to do as a body as a church, as individuals, that that light of hope, the fear of darkness. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm you know, there's something about uh, fear that many times has us draw people in with us. How many of you feel more comfortable going down life's road, going into a dark place, we take someone with us, it feels a whole lot better, right? It, it does. I, I don't know if I've ever shared with you, never, never forget it. In all my life, my son was young, and, and I, I was sending him upstairs to go get something. And he went to run upstairs, and he was flipping the light switch, but the lights didn't work. And, and I sent him. I was late. Come on. Ever, ever been late before for something? We were late. Oh, Drew, hurry. We've got to go meet your mom and dad. We, or your mom and sister. We've got to go. Hurry. Run up to your room. I heard my son run. He stopped. The lights wouldn't work. My son came running back to me. Big eyes. I said, Drew, why didn't you go get your stuff? He goes, Dad. I said, what? It's dark upstairs. Would you go up with me? Absolutely, buddy. I would love to. It hit me about halfway up the stairs what my son was really saying in that moment. My son was saying, Dad, it's dark upstairs. There's someone up there who's going to kill me. Would you go with me? We'll go up and we'll die together. <laughs> Come on, we feel better about going somewhere when we take someone along with us, right? We'll go die. Come on, how many of you have ever, students? Come on, how many of you ever, hey, come with me. We've got to go do something. They say, what are we going to do? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You find yourself, how many of you have ever been talked into doing something by a friend you would have never thought of doing on your own? Let me see your hand. Yes, absolutely. Because we want to take someone with us. You know what? God has called us in our DNA to take someone with us. And whether it's into a dark place or a fearful place or whether it's on this journey of life or bringing them into the kingdom of God, God has created us to be witnesses, to shine the light, to bring people out of darkness and to bring them along with us, church. God has designed for us to live our lives not confined in a map that we can see with our natural eyes, but he has designed us to be created, to live our lives, to go beyond the map that we can see to the map that he says. Now, I, I don't know about you. I cannot see what is going to happen tomorrow. I have no idea what the events are going to be tomorrow, but I know a God who does. Does it not make sense to put our lives in the hope and the trust of the one who can see what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day? Why would I try to steer my life if I can't see when I can put my hands in the one who will see tomorrow? Oh, I'm telling you what, why would we not trust everything that we have to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Because he can see what we cannot see. He knows what tomorrow will bring. And he leads us on a journey to follow him and to be led by him. I want to give you in closing this morning, before we come and we pray, we're going to pray for these students that God is going to help them expand their map, expand their, by faith they are going to walk to their schools. By faith we're going to see some great things happen. But every single one of us, I believe God has a call on our lives to do that very thing. But there are two theories that I want to share with you. There are two theories in life 
that take place. And, and these two theories I want to share with you because each and every one of us in some form or fashion will literally find ourselves in one of these two theories. Here they are. The, the theories is this. The first theory is there is nothing more beyond. Now listen to this. This is a belief that this is all that there is. What you see is what you get. We live, we die, and there is nothing more. Therefore, don't take a risk for attempting to discover new territory. Don't try to accomplish something great. Don't try to go beyond what you can see, feel, and touch. There is nothing more beyond. There is a school of thought prevalent in this world today that there is nothing more beyond. The second theory in life is this. There has got to be more. Come on, church, say it with me. There has got to be more. This is a theory that says, I would rather die in the pursuit of more than living in the complacency of the same old, same old. I believe that there is the pursuit of more. There has to be more. Now, you can... You can, in many different areas of your life, fall into two of these different categories. Now, we know, church, come on, there, we know that there has got to be more. The, the first theory says there's nothing more beyond. We know that we are not living on this planet to live, eat, sleep, and die. We are living because there is a day coming when we're going to see Jesus Christ face to face. And we are going to see him and we are going to know him. And there is a day coming when we know there is a glorious day that we will be face to face and we will worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we know that. And that, that we know. So we, we live in the, in the, there has got to be more. Let, let me flip this a little bit, however. I think that there are many Christians who have experienced God, who have been saved, who have been baptized, who've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, who are now living their lives, and they believe that they have experienced all that God has for them. And sometimes in our religiousness or in our relationship, turning from a religious spirit to a relationship with Jesus Christ, even in our relationship, we can somehow slip into there is nothing more beyond. Nothing more beyond what I've already experienced. I've been to camp. I've been to convention for students. I've, I've experienced great things from God. I've, I've experienced and seen people heal. I've experienced, I have seen it all and we can slip into church. I don't know about you, but I want my walk and my relationship to, with him to never slip into there is nothing more beyond. But I always want to live with the passion that there has got to be more. If I have experienced everything that God has for me, that would be contradictory to his word. He has more in store for us. There is a greater power. There is a greater newness of his, of his refreshing, of his relationship, of everything that we have. Come on, how many of you want to turn your relationship from nothing more beyond into there has got to be more? There has got to be more. And, and somehow if we're not careful, even though we believe there's got to be more because we're living for a heaven, I believe that God wants us to experience more right here on earth. But many of us are confined by the map 
of our lives. Someone has hurt you. Someone has said something to you. An event took place. A tragedy took place. Something happened out of your control. And it has literally created a, a map that has literally guided you. And because they say that we are all made up from our past experiences and, the, and that makes up who we are and our personality and all those things. And we, we don't have time to dive into all of that. But what we do have time to dive into is there is a God who literally, and I believe with all my heart, wants to explode the borders of our map for us to lift our eyes off of our circumstances and situations and lift our eyes to the King of Kings and know that there is great purpose and there is a great vision and there are great things yet in store for me today. There are great things in store for each and every one of you today, for your home, for your family, for each of us as individuals, for us as a body. God is not done with us as a church. He has great things in this community for us to accomplish and we can only do that together because there has got to be more. That we would live with the hunger and the zeal that there has got to be more. Words are a powerful, powerful tool in our hands. And many of us in life have been spoken over and negative things have been said about us and, and we believe the lie. There's this saying, sticks and stones will break our bones but words will never hurt us. There's never been a more untrue statement Words are the very thing that kill. The Bible talks about it. Words either bring death or they bring life. Church, as a, as a, as a church and as a body of Christ, we have to be very careful of the words that we speak. They need to be life to this next generation coming up. We need to speak blessing over them, encouragement over them. Please do not box in the next generation with the words of, of, of hurt or the words that sometimes we don't even mean to hurt. We just do it in innocence. We, we do it without even knowing it. And all of a sudden, we are categorizing our generation. I loved what Pastor did this, this morning with the children's dedication, that, that we, we, we are here to put our children and this next generation in line for a miracle, in line for greatness, in line for success. Let us be the body that lifts each and every one of these students as they go to school, that we will commit to pray for them, that we will commit to believe in them. Every time we see them walking in the church hallways, we are encouraging, we have a smile on. We lift them, we love them, and we encourage them. That's our part. That's us helping that next generation expand the boundaries of their maps. And so that, church, is what I believe God has called us to do. Uh, I believe that he's calling us to go beyond our map, whether it's our career, he wants us to explore, he wants to lead us and guide us in our career. He cares about providing and taking care of our family. Maybe you're here and you need a, a God to, to touch you and to do something. You, you need a newness in your life, in your relationship, in your finance, uh, excuse me, in your work relationship, in your finances, in something of that area. I believe that God wants to speak clearly and he wants you to lift your eyes on him and he will lead you on the map of your career. He wants to lead you in your witness as you speak about him. Wherever you go, he wants to lead you and he wants you to literally go beyond your map and your witness uh, for him in your devotion and in your personal experience with him he wants us to go beyond the map and it all happens when we yield our lives and we yield our plans to the master plan that he has for our lives something 
amazing happens when we give our heart to Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to go old school for a second. I'm going to I'm throw, this is, a, this is going very church lingo here. But something happens when we ask the Lord to come into our hearts. The Bible says that, how many of you have heard the term, under the blood? Come on. There is power, 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 wonder-working power, right, in the precious blood of the Lamb. That somehow His blood covers our sin. His blood made atonement for you and I to know him as our personal Savior. And when we know him as our personal Savior, the Bible tells us that he cleanses us. He redeems us. He assures us of our forgiveness. Come on, how many of you are so glad that he forgives all of our boneheaded mistakes? Hallelujah. All the things that he has done. He forgives us. He justifies us. He sanctifies us. And here's the great one. His blood, by the power of his blood, he gives us victory. And this morning, he wants us to experience victory. By the power of his name, he wants to lead us and for each of us, each of us, to go beyond our map. Whatever that means for you, whatever situations of life you have experienced that have brought you to this point, he wants you today to know that he has a great plan for you. And it's going to start when we take our hands off and we submit our plans and our life and our map. And we can make all of those analogies. It's simply this, placing our hearts and our lives in the hand who gave us the very life that we have. If he cared enough about us to give us life, which he did, and he loved us enough to send his son, how many of you know that same power will lead us through this life? He'll give us everything that we need to make it till one day we do see him face to face and we do experience the great and powerful, awesome name of Jesus. Church, would you bow your heads with me this morning? Would you just close your eyes with me? I'd like to pray over you and then I would like to invite our students who are headed back to school. We are gonna pray a prayer of blessing over them as well. But first, before we go there, let me ask this. In this room today, if you are here and you would be honest and say, Kurt, I, 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 I'm honest, there are things that have happened in my past. I realize right now, and I I even see some people wiping their eyes right now. I don't know what has taken place in your life. I don't know what events have happened. Some may be good, bad, and, and if we're honest, all of us in this room would love to go back and change something. If I knew then what I know now, I would have made a different decision. I would have made a different life choice in this area. I would have done something else instead of what I've, I've done. But I'm, I'm here today and I want to and I, I'm reaching out because I want that God to take me beyond the map and the circumstance that I am in right now. And I want him to reach down and I want to place my life. I want to see beyond my map to what God has in store for me. I am done living in regret over the past. Today, I turn my eyes towards Jesus, and I'm going to follow him and walk with him in the hope and the newness that he holds my tomorrow. And if you're in this room and you say, Kurt, when you close in prayer, would you pray for me? Include me in this prayer. I need that. I need my map to begin 
I, I, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to be, maybe you're here and you have hurt and you have pain and you'll be honest and say, my map is confined. And this morning, I want to see where God, God's map is leading me and what he has for me. With no one looking around, if that's you, very quickly, would you just slip your hands up right where at? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Come on, just be, be honest. Oh, God, yeah. I see that. Whatever that map is, whatever that journey is, I'm going to pray for you who have raised your hand in the next few moments. I'm going to ask God to do something awesome in your life. And together we are going to look forward to the map that God is leading us. Like Abraham, by faith he went where he didn't even know he was being called. Sometimes we go into the darkness because he's calling us. But he is our light and our guide and he will be there every step of the way. If you are here in this room and you say, if I were honest, I have been controlling the design of my map. Now I just ask for those who maybe, maybe you have some hardship, you have some hurt, maybe you have some pain, maybe you have, you have some things. In fact, if you're in this room right now, before I even go there, if you're in this room and you say, I have some pain and some hurt in my past that I need God to set me free from so that I can effectively follow him. If that's you, very quickly, would you slip your hand up? If that's you, right where you're at. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm believing God for you this morning as well. I am believing God for you as well. In Jesus' name. If you're in this room and you say, I've been controlling the very design of the map. I have a plan. I have a dream. And if I were honest, God has really not even been a part of that. But this morning I understand that I need him in my life to lead me and guide me. And I want to place my hope and my trust in him because I have not. I know him. Maybe you've, you've known him, but you have taken control and you're living your own life. And maybe you're experiencing some hurt in your home, in your family, and and maybe it's a, a student, a mom and dad, a dad, I don't even know. But you're here and you say, you know what? I need to place my trust in the master's hand again. Without anyone looking around, if, if that's you, would you very quickly put your hand up so that I might pray with you as well? Yes, yes, yes. There's a handful of hands going up. Hallelujah. God wants to do something awesome in your life. Yeah, all the way in the back. Two hands lifting together. God wants to do that in that couple's life right now. He wants to lead and guide your journey in Jesus' name. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. So here's what we're going to do, church. I'm going to invite you in the next few moments. Not right yet, but I'm going to invite you to stand right where you're at. Once you stand, I'm going to invite you to lift your hands to heaven. And together we are going to pray. And I'm going to ask God to do something awesome in your life in that, in that regard. And then I am going to invite all of the students in this room. If you are going into middle school, high school, or into college, I'm going to invite you to step to this altar. And as a church, we are going to extend our hands a blessing to pray and commission you to head off into your map and to begin your journey that God would lead you and guide you and design the very plan that he has. He has a plan for you, young man and young lady, in your school. He has a plan to use you to reach a friend for Jesus Christ, to be a light, to be a 
positive force there, and I believe it's awesome. So church, would you stand with me right now? Come on. Everyone in the room, would you stand? And would you just, without even waiting, just lift your hands to heaven together? Come on, church, would you, even before I pray, would you just lift your voice to the King of Kings? Would you just cry out to Him and say, God, take control. Let me see beyond my map. Maybe you raised your hand, and there's there's hurt that is that has bound you and defined you. Today, we pray that God would break those chains, that you would see beyond your map, see beyond your circumstances, see beyond whatever is taking place, that, oh God, today, we desire for you to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So God, I pray right now over this body. I pray over these these amazing people of God who are desiring and living this life. And Lord, there are so many things that easily entangle us and, and we see them and they can trip us up. This morning, oh God, we lay those things at your feet and we declare that it's your map and we are gonna go beyond our map for you. And we are gonna go beyond as a body encouraging this next generation. We are gonna allow our map to speak volumes to the next generations map we are going to forge the path for them to know this is the way and this is the truth and this is the life that we would be that so God I pray right now over all of those I pray for those who raised their hand Lord those handful that said my life has been my own and today I give it to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that I look beyond and I need Him in my life. For those who raise their hand, dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would meet them right where they are at. In Jesus' awesome name. Come on, church, would you put your hands together and give the Lord praise. Before we bring the students forward and we're going to close in a, a prayer of commissioning for them, I'd like to turn it over to your pastor. Pastor, please come. Praise the Lord. Have you been blessed this morning, been ministered to this morning? Ushers, would you come real quick? Amen. Pastor Ryan, would you give us instructions? We're going to bless our missionary, Kurt Cullison. He's not a missionary to Africa or China. He's a missionary, as you've heard, to the high schools and the junior high schools of the state of Michigan. And not just a missionary, he's a trainer of church young people, or our Assembly of God young people, to reach their schools for Christ. And, and I want you to give generously this morning in this love offering. Why we take the love offering, Pastor Ryan, uh, help me here. We're going to call the young people to come on up students while we take the offering we want you to come on up because there's going to be a special commissioning so you go ahead and take leadership with this pastor ryan father we pray right now lord as we prepare to give lord towards someone who has dedicated their life in ministry to be one who trains young men and women to reach people for Jesus, to reach their schools for Jesus. Lord, as we speak into a ministry that is touching untold high schools and J-high students for you, help us, O oh Lord, to give with vision and to be blessed with your blessing as we give towards missions. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. You can make your checks out to Lakeside Assembly of God as we give one beautiful love offering honorarium to our 
our guest speaker this morning. Make sure you take out a tithe envelope, uh, an offering envelope if you want credit. Mark it, designate it properly. And then uh, Pastor Ryan, give directions as the youth come and we worship the Lord together. Amen. God bless you as you give. Lord, I'm amazed by you. As the youth come, would you just do your youth pastor a favor and just linger just a little bit longer? Don't leave. I, I guarantee the rotisserie chicken gets better the longer it cooks. So we're going to have all of the youth, all of the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. Come on down right to the center, guys. We're going to put it all, just put your toes right up here. Stay with us, Lakeside, please, just for a moment longer. This is very important. All of the college students, come on forward, too. And Edify is going to help us. Young people, we've got an awesome gift for all of you. One of the things that it is, is it's a card that you're going to put in your bathroom on the mirror. And it's 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 First Peter, and it, it says you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. A holy nation and that's the that's the, the first of the student nation that is that is our calling and we're so excited this is Kurt Pastor Kurt that was such a word for these guys this this is the word for the hour and, and so as Jordan and the Edify team the box is over there I'm gonna ask that uh, uh, Kurt would you join us please and uh, we're gonna just pray for all of these students and can we do one more thing? I, I, I know it's, uh, it, it'll be a little chaotic, but I want parents. Come on down, right? Real quickly, put your hands on these students. If, if, you, if you see somebody who doesn't have a parent with them, go get you one kid. Put your <laughs> hands on your students real quick. This is important too, because we are not a youth group in the traditional sense of where we entertain kids. We're a whole family ministry. We know that you get 8,000 hours a year with your student, and I get 50. So guess who the spiritual leader in the home is? You parents. We commission you parents. Let's make space for all those parents to come. And Edify, we're going to give out those gifts after we pray. So Edify is going to take care of that. Who doesn't have hands on them? We need to get hands over here. Some hands over here. Kurt, will you just pray yes. over these awesome kids? Absolutely. Church, while they are laying hands physically on these students, would you extend your hand forward right now? Come on, let's pray a prayer of anointing and blessing over these students. Moms and dads, I know you love them. I know that you, your heart bleeds for them. And our, I want you to know that God loves that your children too and he has a plan for their lives and some great things are about to happen and we're going to pray that yes. right now come on lift your hands extend them to him here heavenly father we thank you so much for this generation i thank you for these students god i thank you for these young men and young ladies who are about to embark upon another year another journey in their school whether it's a public school a private school whether part of a homeschool network lord whether they're in college or grad school wherever 
wherever they are, I pray that their eyes would not see their circumstances. Their eyes would see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords leading them and guiding them. I pray, oh God, that you would empower them. I pray that you would anoint them. I pray that you would protect them. I pray a hedge of protection around their hearts, around their minds. Lord, though, though others may say things about them, Lord, I pray that it will bounce off of them. I pray that it will, it will, whatever anyone tries to do that would bring harm or hurt to them, God, I pray that you would protect them. I pray their minds would be sharp. God, I pray that their spirits would be alive and they would follow you all the days of their life. God, I pray that this generation would not look at their own map and make their own way, but even at a young age, they will turn their hearts and their lives to you to say, oh God, lead me and guide me during this school year in Jesus' awesome name. Come on, church, and everyone said, amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Can we do that?